0: Hi, this is the Zane Lowe Interviews on Apple Podcasts, and I'm Zane Lowe. Zane Lowe, Apple Music. For those that don't know me, I'm a music fan first and foremost, who has done everything I can to connect with artists throughout my entire life, and that's why we're here, to bring these conversations to you and share them right now on Apple Podcasts. Today's episode is focused on one of the most recognizable and famous human beings on the planet. Everyone has a story to tell, but in the world that I'm passionate about in music, one of the most unique stories of the modern era is Justin Bieber's. Plucked out of obscurity, he achieved stage one YouTube success. From that point, he achieved the kind of meteoric success that we've seen on only a few occasions. Elvis Presley, Michael Jackson, Whitney Houston, Eminem, stories that more often than not end in tragedy. It's been well documented that Justin Bieber flirted with that outcome at various points throughout his life. When I sat down to speak with him about his latest album, Changes, a start-to-finish R&B record dedicated to his new wife, Hayley Bieber. It's a straight-up honeymoon listen. I was expecting us to dive into that record and really just focus on the positive sides of his life. What became clear within seconds of him sitting down was it wasn't going to be that kind of conversation. That Justin Bieber had reached a point in his life where perhaps marriage and a sense of newfound maturity had found him in a very reflective place in his life. And what happens when you've been the most famous person person on the planet, since you were a child, and you start to reflect on that, is you don't necessarily always like what you see. The following conversation really dives deep into the psyche of young success, of what it is to try to achieve through your own expectations, only to find yourself struggling to live up to other people's. Being in the room with Justin during this conversation, I can tell you he was in a genuine, honest, and vulnerable position. And for the first time, millions of fans got a chance to see the other side of fame and success, while all the while feeling like he was opening himself up to a bright future. All of that wrapped up into the following conversation right here with Justin Bieber on the Zane Lowe Interviews. Well, it's great to see you, man, and congratulations yeah, on completing the music. Thank you, you. appreciate that. It. Oh, it's right. exciting. I mean, it's such a tasteful sounding record, and appreciate that just the arrangements and I mean, talk about giving you space to to perform and just extend your vocal ability, which everyone already appreciate knows. It's like you're the best at what you do. But thank you. Sounds so effortless. I don't know. It just sounds like you're in a super comfortable place vocally on this record. I appreciate that.
1: Yeah, i getting into it. Like I was just. I mean, we can wait. You want to wait to to get this on camera, I just feel like. I mean,
0: we're recording, right? Are we recording? I'd rather just start. I don't really have a big introduction. Yeah, cool, I like that, (laughs) I like that. Like you
1: said, I I feel like I'm in a cool vein, but I haven't really, this album is super, uh, it's just not very deep, you know? Yeah, I didn't go go there like that, you know what I mean?
0: I didn't go super deep with it. Uh, Thank you. The last two or three years which have led up to this album, there's been some really significant change in your life and the album being called Changes focuses on one. Mm-hmm. And we're gonna get to a place of, of happiness and this album is a happy album. I mean, mm-hmm. it's really, you know, it's, it's, it feels to me like a, a musical tribute to your relationship. You. But I wanna kind of kick the timeline off in 2017 and I, I always feel like there's a point with you, Justin, where you give so much, then you've, you've got to a point where you've gotta stop Mm-hmm. but it's like the train is running you know what mm-hmm. I mean so it has to stop in a dramatic fashion mm-hmm. why did you stop the tour in 2017 and, and what was the reason for that
1: uh, I was really tired emotionally physically and I was sick and I didn't realize I was sick so I had like uh, Epstein-Barr which is like it's called mono mm-hmm. uh, and then I have Lyme disease so it was that It was it was just you know the exhaustion of just being on tour and then it was like It was just everything compounded. I think, to be honest.
0: How did you feel when the tour came to an end? I mean, it it didn't really come to an end.
1: I was supposed to do a bunch of stadiums, but uh, you know, once the American leg or the European leg or wherever I came from last was done, I was like, this is it for me. I mean, I pushed through, you know, the pat the last Mm. month or two, and I, you know, I couldn't believe I pushed through that. So when they were like, you know, we got to still do stadiums, I was like this is not going to be good. I'm not going to be able to make it through that. And it's just, no, it won't work. And I'm someone who pushes, pushes, pushes until it's like, you know, until it's like the last straw. So I, I just couldn't do it.
0: You knew instinctively that something was going on and you, with your physical- Yeah, state. I knew there was something not
1: right because I was doing everything right on tour. I mean, I wasn't, you know, I was keeping to myself. I was keeping on as much of a structured schedule as I could. I was doing the ice bath every day. I was eating salmon twice a day, like I was doing the right thing to try to take care of my body. And it was just like, nothing was, just felt depleted and felt all the time. So I was like, you know, and then that, that took an emotional toll on me. So I was like, you know, I just didn't know what the hell was going on.
0: How have you adapted to that experience knowing now that you have Lyme disease and how has it adjusted your lifestyle and how you move forward and what changes have you noticed?
1: Uh, I think, um, just making sure that I am, uh, just doing the right treatments for it, doing the right IVs and all that sort of stuff, taking the necessary precautions necessary to not get any worse, I guess. Listen to Haley when she says she feels that I'm run down and it's good to have her as, you know, checks and balances. She can let me know
0: when I'm like, all right, you're looking depleted right now and, it's clear to anyone who hears this album and also to anyone who takes an interest in your life as, as a fan right. that the two of you have found you know a really important bond and, mm. and that this marriage is, has been a hugely important development in your life. It's
1: been a re- big reason why I'm coming back and, be, and I'm successful at this. Um, I think she is definitely the reason. There'd be no story without her, there would be no she just ties it all together. I mean, she's giving me substance to talk about. She's the person that I'm learning to, you know, love unconditionally, um, start a family with. So, you know, regardless if I sell another record, I mean, I have a lot of peace, just knowing that I have the rest of my life to build a relationship with a solid foundation of trust and patience and all the things that, go into building a healthy relationship.
0: When I listen to the sort of what's been said from either of you, it's been documented in the, in the series, but also what you've said, it sounds like both of you to some degree knew it was right, but you were both had to go in sort of, in your own way, mm-hmm. <laughs> to sort of confirm or qualify that that was the case. Right. How did you know, and there's a song on the album which, is, which really refers to that, which is that that's what real love is, you know? Yeah. Like, how did you kind of know? I'd let her know prior to the
1: tour when we were hanging a lot, I said, listen, I'm still really hurt and still trying to figure out my way. And I'm not ready to make a commitment to you in a way that, you know, I just don't want to say something and do the opposite because I just don't, I was at the point where I'd, you know, I'd done that in the past and I just was like, honest with her. It was like, you know, I'm not in a place to, you know, be faithful and all this sort of stuff that i wanted to be you know but i just wasn't there yet and And what was hurting you at the time you said you were still hurt i think i was just hurt from my previous relationship i think i still was dealing with a lot of unforgiveness and all that sort of stuff so to be honest i don't think i even knew what i was really struggling with at the time i don't think i knew i was dealing with unforgiveness i was just in a place where i knew i didn't want to like tell her one thing and like you know i felt like she respected me at the time and I had a lot of respect for her. um, And so I just didn't wanna like say something and then she'd see me off doing some other thing. Mm -hmm. And so, but either way, she loved me and seeing me with other people hurt her. And so with that being said, she went out and did things that hurt me. And so it was just this hurt. I've hurt her, she hurt me. And then before tour, we just really stopped talking. I was really upset. And uh, rather than, you know, before that in my uh, previous relationship, I went off and just went crazy and went wild, just was, you know, being reckless. This time I took the time to like really build myself um, and focus on, you know, me and uh, try to make the right decisions and all that sort of stuff. And yeah, I got better. And so she would reach out to people that were like, that we knew. Check in on you. And check in, and she would get, like, these—you'd the, hear, right? You'd hear, like, oh, he's doing so well. And she would be so pissed off because she's, like, he's not doing well without me. Like, just, you know, normal, like, right? Like, normal— Facts? Yeah. Right? <laughs> and you want to think you're happy for someone, to hear that they're happy without you. Yeah. Yeah, and so— I uh, wish you would hear this, right? You'd hear this and I and it would just be,
0: you'd just be like, what? He's doing well? Like, But in a way, you're kind of trying to get better because you recognize there's something that is unresolved here in a weird way. I'm,
1: right? right, right, right. I just didn't know what the heck was going on. And so I really took a deep dive in my faith, to be honest. I just went deep into like, I believed in Jesus, but I never really like, you know, when it says following Jesus is actually turning away from sin. Mm. And so there's no—what what it talks about in the Bible, it's like there's no obedience. There's no faith without obedience. So it's like I had faith about like, oh, I believe Jesus died on the cross for me, but I never really implemented it mm. into my life. I never like was like, I'm going to be obedient. Um, so I was like, I wasn't sleeping around. I wasn't doing a lot of stuff. I just was kind of— by myself.
0: And how did you? How did you make? Who helped you come to that? Because I'm sure there are a lot of, and I don't mean this in a judgmental way. It's just right. humanity, and everyone's on their own journey. There are a lot of people who are practicing one belief or another. But as you say, it's different when you, when you say it as opposed to actually acting within it. Right. It's, it's, it's guidelines, which are there right. to give you ultimate focus, right, mm-hmm. on what's important. So when did you decide to actually move within the guidelines and how did you find yourself away from, yeah, I believe in Jesus, but I'm gonna drink or do drugs or sleep around or what all these other distractions. Right. How did you get out of that world? What was the turning point for you? I
1: think it was my perception of who Jesus really was, you know? Um, I'd had really bad examples of Christians in my life uh, who would say one thing and do another. So they were my direct example of who Jesus was. That's why you didn't take it seriously. I didn't take it as seriously because I didn't have good examples. Good role models. Yeah, and so I think the more I I really— just really looked at the character of who Jesus really was. Did you grow up in a, in a in a in a Christian household? I grew up um in a in a Christian household, yeah. But my mom was um I mean she was really hurt growing up. I mean, she had so many things going on in her life, so she was navigating her faith journey. For me, it was just confusing cuz she'd say one thing and then like she would say, well, you're forgiven, but then I'd do something bad or whatever was supposedly bad, but then I, f- she'd make me feel ashamed for it. So it's like, well, if Jesus forgives me, then why am I feeling, why are you making me feel bad for doing something? Like, obviously there's like a form of like, we should, we got to make sure we keep our kids accountable and punish our kids so that they learn from their mistakes. But like, if there's this God named Jesus who, died for our sins so that we don't have to live in shame, then why—it was just things like that that would make me really question, like, who is this Jesus guy? And I didn't really take a deep
0: look into who he was. That's tough. I mean, I get it. Like, there's—hey, man, our parents do the best they can. Mm-hmm. And I've been through my own, you know, situations where yeah. I've confronted the things that have— affected my life's choices but at some point you got to come to a decision you got to take responsibility for your own perception of those situations Mm -hmm. right otherwise you run around just blaming everybody and that's an entitled situation right it's so good it entitles you to behave however you want you know what i mean you know i guess that's what i was getting at when i was talking about those those tough years is in a way you were punishing yourself because you didn't have the answers right Mm
1: -hmm. i think so that's a good way to put it yeah I think that I was just, yeah, living in this shame, living in all this sort of stuff of my past, and I wasn't able to move on. But the more I looked at it, so now I'm not doing— the way I look at my relationship with God and with Jesus is I'm not trying to earn God's love by doing good things. God has already loved me for who I am before I did anything to earn and deserve it. It's a free gift by accepting Jesus and just— giving your life to Him. And what He did is the gift. The forgiveness is the thing that we look at. And, you know, I'm going to worship you, God, because you gave me something so good. Mm. And so you live that life of like, I don't want to cheat on my wife, not because it's the right thing to do, but because I don't want to hurt her. See the difference there?
0: That it's, is love. Yeah. it's, it's You're like, putting the well-being of someone that you care about ahead of your own fallibilities and your own... Exactly. Previous behavior. Exactly. And what's, you know, what's out there. Exactly. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I love that. Can I ask you a tough question before we focus on the future and how bright things look? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Do you think that if you hadn't redefined what Jesus was and reclaimed it into something that was worthy of practice for you, Mm -hmm. which then led you on a path of reconciliation with your wife, Mm -hmm. do you think the person that you, the you of then was on a path of self-destruction. Do you feel that you were on a self, you were self-destructing? Oh, for sure. Yeah, I would have, for sure, 100%.
1: Yeah, 100%. It would have been, it would have been no, but no. It was bad. It would have been, yeah. I don't know if I'd be alive for sure. It was dark, really dark. So I'm very, very grateful to have influences in my life that have played a huge part in me seeing their relationship with Jesus and their relationship with their wives and their relationship with their kids and saying that's what I want Mm. and um, striving after that. So that's, uh, I was thinking too, it's not obviously, you know, when we wanna be successful in certain things, there's things we have to work hard at, but like striving for God's love or God's approval or people's approval, it's like, God's told me. He said, "I mean, I don't hear from God audibly, but um, I feel like God's. You know, when He sees us, He He's not this God that people. A lot of people think that it's like judgmental, and He's a God that uh, that accepts us for who we are and loves us through our our pain and through our our dirt. Jesus wasn't this religious elite guy that you know came to." Um, but he was he was in the dirt, and uh, he found me in my dirt, and pulled me out. And that's why my story. That's why I'm not afraid. I don't want to. I want to talk about without forcing that into people's. I, I never want to be someone that's trying to persuade anyone to believe in what I believe. I think God persuades people, but I want to definitely tell my story so that if if that resonates to anybody, that they can uh, hopefully learn from it. It's
0: 2020 going forward into a new decade and I think about from 2008-9 yeah. when it first started for you right through I mean you worked non-stop and that was a decade in full visibility of the world.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I definitely have grown up in front of the <laughs> the world for sure. But uh, there's nothing I mean just even thinking now I mean what we're doing right now is we are building we're building relationship Mm -hmm. what you and i are doing right now we're building trust we're building Mm -hmm. you know this isn't just i mean people will see this and look at it as as an interview but what we're doing is we're just two men sitting down talking about life and Mm -hmm. the human condition Mm -hmm. so when you first started and you said that i was like okay this is gonna be this is gonna be good
0: well for me you know music comes from somewhere right and we always have to remember that Maybe it comes from this youthful naivety and this desire to escape something. And then you get out there in front of the world and then it comes from a place of wanting more of it. Yeah. And a desire to continue to fill this kind of bucket. Right. Because <laughs> it right. tastes good, all this stuff in yeah. there. There's this energy, this attention, this fame, right? Yeah. It validates you.
1: Exactly. It's I right. mean, just think about how young I was and so impressionable. And you have everybody telling me how good, how awesome I am at all times, you know, and like it was, it was just insane.
0: And so it's like, how do you? Yeah. It's like taking a kid and putting a kid in a room with a with a picnic table full of nothing but sweets, Right. and just saying I'll be back in two days. Exactly, exactly. And I, I'm glad you said that because it's
1: like I just want people to understand, like, and get that perspective of like my of my life because I think there's a lot of people you know, that just have this, uh, you know, I'll see comments and stuff. And I I, tr- I really try not to read them, but I, I find myself in a wormhole sometimes. Sure, it's human nature. <laughs> but, um, but just seeing, like, you know, you know, me talking about my issues or my problems and stuff, and they're like, oh, man, cry me a river in your Rolls Royce. You know what I mean? It's like I want people to kind of understand the, you know, the psychology behind why I could have, I potentially could have, you know, problems in my life, so. Yeah, thank you for being here and helping me tell that story. I mean, I like to go there. It's my thing. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I appreciate that. I
0: think it's important, not just for, I mean, for me it's about trying to get information that helps break down the stigma mm. that artists should be grateful mm-hmm. for everything that they have. We should mm-hmm. be grateful for everything we have just when we wake up every morning with our eyes open for obvious reasons. Exactly. but. Artists go through their own struggles, and, um, and I think that we need to acknowledge and accept that. Thank you for saying that. Thank you. When did the fire to make music come back? Because to pick the timeline up again, it's sort of you're off tour, and you realize that you still haven't dealt with certain things, right? Yeah. It's 2017, and— did you get hit again, were you slammed again by these kind of unresolved emotions and feelings? And did you have questions when you came off tour that you still didn't have answers for?
1: I got off tour and yeah, there was still, there was this, there was this feeling of um, unresolved things in my life. I took the time to resolve some things in my life, uh, some, some relationships, get some healing. Did you go to therapy? Work through some healing, yeah, I did. I think it's important that we express our feelings and uh, find that place. I think a lot of people, I think at one time I felt like, ah, who is this person to give me advice? You know, like, what does he know about? And I just, I've moved past, I've just grown to mature past that and just know that like,
0: it's just, it's helpful. When did you realize that it was time for you to reconnect with Haley and that you had gotten to a place when you knew that you could potentially actually f- pursue something substantial? I just felt there was a lot of resolution um, in my life.
1: I'd seen her at an event, and I'd, uh, I'd seen her with a baby, and uh, something just clicked, and I was like, wow. She's the one. I'd, I'd kind of decluttered some of my past, and I was able to see really clearly, and I just seen her across the room. She was holding a baby, and uh, I just seen the nurturing look in her eyes toward this baby, Um, and I was like, I want the mother of my children to look at a baby the way that she was, and um, she just, the way she was carrying it, and I just seen something so special, and I just was like, I want that, and I knew that she could Offer that to me. Yeah. It was a great cool. story. Thank you. How quick was it after that? It, was, it seemed uh, pretty quick. It was very quick. It was uh, <laughs> a couple months later, I popped the question. And then it was a couple months later, I, we got married. Were so. you nervous before you popped the question? I was. I mean, that's a big commitment. And uh, my parents were never married, so I never had that— uh, I never got to see what that really looked like. So I'm like, mm-hmm. can I even do this? Do I even know what it looks like to do this? But I just felt like God was saying— I'll show you, you know. I'll show you how to do it. Just, you know, just trust. So I just trusted him and just let him, you know, lead the way and
0: uh, committed to her. And I didn't realize your parents weren't married. Yeah, my parents weren't married. No. So that's a huge step to take, given that the situation from which you came. There's no kind of. I had no, yeah, no, no guidelines. No, no, nothing. Um, yeah. My dad is now married. And he's doing an awesome job, and I'm really proud of him. You're at a place of honesty now with your parents. Can you sit down with your dad when the time, when you need to, when you need answers? Perhaps you're not sure why you're thinking certain things or your yeah. behavior isn't in line with your actual desires, what you want to be. Can you talk to your parents? Can you try to untangle that?
1: To be honest, uh, I think there's levels of you know what I think uh, our relationship is ready to handle at this moment, where they're at in their journey with you know their faith and where they're at with in their life and where i'm at i just think you know just i want them to play a role in my life and that's pretty simple just be my mom and dad and i think it's just taken me minute. i'm really in the process of doing that right now so it's really kind of still you know i'm still learning that how to do all that and still learning how to trust people oh yeah for sure i mean um i think boundaries to be honest is like key, you know, understanding like there's people that play certain roles in my life and kind of just to uh, let them play that role and not give them access to certain parts of my life. And uh, that's something you have to do, not only as a, uh, for your own emotional well-being, but I think as a, as a business leader as well, you know, and something I'm learning, I've made some mistakes over the past year or two, just <laughs> scooters over there, probably laughing, just, um, I do try—I I have a problem with trust, but then there's areas of, like, I I do trust people a little too much sometimes. judgments?
0: Sometimes. I'm just working
1: through just kind of trying to figure out all that sort of stuff.
0: People who take advantage? Do you feel like people have taken advantage of you in the past? Oh, yeah,
1: for sure. Yeah, people take advantage, of course.
0: But uh, just kind
1: of trying to figure out how to—just how to navigate being married. I'm friggin' married now, and I got the best wife in the world. She supports me through so much. I'm really honored to be her husband. And I just- Really, you've made a whole album about it. Yeah. And uh, there's more to come. I mean, I want to continue to write about what it looks like to be. It's, you know, this is an album I wrote in the first year of our marriage, you know? So it's like, it's so fresh and there's, you know, there's no, there's so much more to learn about commitment and, you know, building trust and foundation. I'm just, I'm looking forward to continuing to build and make music that's gonna reflect
0: that. That's what's great about changes. It's a honeymoon record. Yeah, yeah. It's sure. a honeymoon record. Yeah, exactly. You know, It would be sort exactly. of disingenuine to start diving deeper into that situation when you're exactly. just learning about it in the beginning exactly. stages.
1: Yeah, so I think, I think I'm like, I'm excited about this, but I'm just like, there's so much more, there's so much deeper levels I'm excited to go to, mm. um, which is fun. You know, it, it gives me something to look forward to. Uh, I think in the past I was so caught up in all of like the bad things in my life that I I just I wasn't able to really take take a second and and really appreciate all the
0: all the little things. But yeah, I'm excited. It's going to be it's going to be good. I asked a question about when you sort of felt the fire to want to make music again, because it's something that I know you're 100 percent committed to. Mm -hmm. So when did you know you wanted to get in the studio and feel inspired?
1: I think, again, I was, like, dealing with a lot of fear, uh, a lot of, like, um, just was afraid of, like, at that point, just even the process, what am I going to talk about again, and, you know, is it going to be received, you know, I'm starting to compare with other artists, and uh, I think when I went on stage with Ariana Grande, you know, I, I seen the reaction of how people reacted when I went on the stage, it was like, okay, um, it gave me kind of like a, a boost of confidence and reminded me because it'd been so long since I'd been on stage. It just kind of reminded me what oh this is what I, this is what I do. This is what I'm good at, and I don't need to run away from it. I was like uh, yeah, I was running away. You know, I think a lot of us need to take that. Um, you know, when something's hard, it's almost like we need to run towards the the pain and run towards the mm. the hurt rather than run away from it. I think you get kind of healing when it comes to that.
0: There was a great moment when you came face to face, or not really, because I think you were wearing a mask. Right. But you came face to face with Billie Eilish, who in her own way, albeit in a different era, Uh dealing with this very, very public explosion of success and of attention. That too. And like, by the way, like even more now, like. It was so quick. Yeah, she's, a, she's crazy, she's a superstar. Superstar, right? So, yeah. so you're there and you see her and you see the way she's reacting to you. And I wonder what was going through your mind, because I've never had a chance to ask you that, because I know it was going through her mind, because I've mm. had a chance to ask her that, and it's pretty clear in the video what's going through her mind, she can't mm. even. Mm. What was going through your mind when you, rec- when you, when you saw that kind of reaction? Mm. And, and also now in the knowledge you know that you I were just start. coming out of that space yourself.
1: I wanted to protect the moment You know, I don't know how many opportunities I'm gonna get, you know, we never know how many opportunities we're gonna get with anybody. I mean, just, I'm tearing up thinking about it just with the Kobe situation, you know? Um, you Just never know. Um, And so I just wanted to be a good example, um,
0: you know? And uh, yeah. um. Did you feel protective of her?
1: Yeah, I definitely feel protective of her. Um, It was hard for me being that young and being in the industry and not knowing where to turn and everyone, you know, telling me they love me and, you know, just turn their back on you in a second. Um, So, yeah, it's it's hard because I want her to know that, you know, she can count on me. But at the end of the day, I don't want to never gonna force myself to be in relationship with her. It has to be natural, right? So I just kinda you know let her do her thing, and if she ever needs me, I'm gonna be here for her but um but yeah, just protecting those moments because people take for granted uh encounters and um yeah, so um, yeah. I just, um, I just want to protect her, you know. I don't want her to, to, to lose it. I don't want her to, you know, go through anything I went through. I don't wish that upon anybody. So, um, yeah, if she ever needs me, I'm, I'm just a call
0: away. Do you realize how important your story is, and the yeah. fact that you're sitting here today telling it, man? I mean, I, I, I have to say thank you, mm. because as someone who's really Every time I have a conversation with someone who's been through this unique type of experience I'm mm-hmm. just I'm searching for some kind of um, truth that can help mm-hmm. right
1: mm-hmm.
0: And the fact you're sitting here today and being so honest and open is really mm-hmm. important and I just want to share that with you man it's like this is you're right this isn't an interview this is an opportunity for you to help others Yeah and that's got to give you purpose even beyond the making of music or to I'm know th- that, Yeah I'm not thinking about anything but
1: being present in this interview with you you know that's mm. it that's what we got right now that's what we got. and we got a story to tell and mm. we got either we're gonna be here and we're gonna be authentic and honest and real or we're gonna bullshit. and i just have done that for years and i'm just it's exhausting i mean it really is and uh so i i, I just come i just i commend you for going there and uh asking the tough questions and the things that people don't want to talk about and they don't want to go there because it's just, it's revealing and it's, it's hard. But, uh, you know, this is, these are the conversations that are going to bring change and bring, mm-hmm. you know, a level of consciousness to people that can say, I need to really take a look at myself. Where am I at? And, uh, you know, if Justin's able to be vulnerable where, with where, where he's at, then, you know, I can do the same thing. You know, people have, Putting me on a pedestal, um, I didn't ask for that, you know? I, obviously, I love making music, but, uh, you know, there's a lot of people that love making music and they're not, you know, they're not in the position that I am. So, you know, a lot of that is not, you know, I can't say that I put myself in this position. I'm just trying to steward that wisely, Mm. steward my relationships wisely. I want people to take a look at my story and 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 just hopefully you know my the my words can can make a difference.
0: You chose to make an album that is flows in a really fluid, tasteful way okay. and gives you space to really sing yeah. and really hyper focus, as we said before, on the honeymoon phase of your marriage. Yeah. And you're working with Pooh Bear again, yeah, which is great because you trust him. Yeah. and you got great chemistry. Mm-hmm. And you opened the door to some really keen collaborators as well. Mm-hmm. How did you pick them? How did you decide who was gonna be on and be off? We're talking we're talking Quavo, Travis, Kehlani. Yeah, It's crazy, I mean, it's like... I look at people who I, you
1: know, I admire and I, I'd love to hear more of their stories and get mm-hmm. to know them a little bit more. But uh, I think they're authentic where they're at in their careers and in their, their life. And, uh, and you gotta be a fan. Yeah, I love them. I love their music.
0: You and Kehlani really jumped out at me because I was talking about her tone. It's so good. And I love your vocal so tone. so good. I, when you sing and you're in this sweet spot with Pooh Bear, I think there's very few, if anyone, who can get to that place. Appreciate and and, that. and And just talk about that experience of working with Kehlani on that track and why you chose her.
1: I just, like you said, I think it's a, a major, the major thing is tone. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I love her tone. Um, and I just think she's honest. And, uh, and I think that just goes such a long way being authentic. Is. She's a straight talker. From where I, I I haven't spent much time with her, but I was out to dinner with her the other night and I just felt like, yeah, she seemed like she was pretty authentic. She talked to me about like, wow, that what you talked about in the documentary was like uh, inspiring because, you know, it's
0: it's, it's scary to kind of show that stuff, you know, show the hard stuff. Who in heaven's name is Clever. And how come, for a so, second, me and our son thought it was post?
1: <laughs> so um, it's actually, I think he signed a post. Mm. But uh, it's this guy who I found on the internet. Just seeing him on Instagram, and I was like, this guy's tone is crazy. Yeah. And he just has this vibe that's just insane. And I just love it. It's sort of unchecked and a little rugged and unruly. It's raw, and it's freaking just like, you can just feel the pain through the music. You can feel... Just emotion, raw emotion, I just think it's, it's
0: powerful. Have you got that project in you at some point in the future? We're dialing into some really interesting and really powerful human stuff here. Yeah. And this album is a great document to the beginning of a new era for you. Mm-hmm. But do you feel like every day you get closer to making that album that picks up where purpose left off but goes even further?
1: uh yeah i mean i was just in the back there and i literally just came up with the title to my album but i don't know if i'm going to share it right now that's okay but it just felt like yeah there's there's so many deeper levels of you know i don't just want to i, I want to talk about you know i think love is you know the foundation of what humanity's built off of mm-hmm. but and with that being said i just think there's so many you know issues in society and things that I'm eventually going to want to just speak about and write about and injustices and people being marginalized and overlooked and things of that nature. Mm. I think that's definitely something I'm going to definitely be going into. But I think it's it's all timing. And I think what comes priority first is... That lady over there, and building my relationship with her, because I think she teaches me about all that sort of stuff.
0: Like what? What? Do you, what is she really taught? What are some of the key kind of growths that you've experienced by being in a relationship? Like this? I think she just teaches me. Um, she just. Te- I mean, there's so much. I
1: mean, patience is a big thing. At the end of the day, it's like I chose to be with her forever. So understanding that. Yeah, I don't know. Just patience is a big, big thing.
0: Uh, is he impatient? Yeah. Not necessarily.
1: I think I've been quite impatient with him at times. <laughs> I think we both have, uh, I think everybody has a tendency, like you said, a human condition.
0: Everybody's can be impatient. And the big step, and I gotta ask it because there's, you know, there's there's baby sounds on the record, and mm-hmm. it's like really, it's it's cool hearing those. And I wonder mm-hmm. kind of where you you stand or where, how you feel about starting a family, and in particular, coming from a family that was unorthodox in an environment that wasn't normal, mm-hmm. um, or whatever a normal family is. Mm-hmm. How you feel about starting your own? I want to start my own family uh, in due time.
1: I just. Uh, I want to enjoy being married for a little bit, go on tour, be married, enjoy traveling with just us, mm. build
0: more of our relationship. And I think, uh, yeah, that is definitely the next step for sure. What kind of father do you sort of want to be, do you think? Like, what's important to you? And you know what I mean? Like, oh, wow. Great question. Um, or what do you not
1: want to be? That's a good question, too. Uh, I, you know, I just want to be led by. Like I said before, I'm, I'm a Jesus follower, and uh, I just want to be led by, when you accept Jesus, he says that now you walk with the Holy Spirit. So I think I just want to be led by, by the Holy Spirit.
0: So you're going to tour? Uh, I'm going to tour,
1: yeah.
0: How do you feel about that, after the, the way you felt at the end of the last tour? And are you excited? <laughs> I guess you wouldn't be going on tour if you weren't. Right? <laughs> Yeah, I'm definitely
1: excited. I'm excited to uh, to travel again. We've established so much and figured out what's not important and what is important. So it's like money's gonna come and it's great. And I'm gonna be able to provide a really amazing life for my family, which is incredible. Um, but just understanding the priorities. I mean, like here we are, you know, we got a lot of people who aren't making as much money as I am on tour, you know, dancers, band, all these sort of things. I think creating an atmosphere where everybody feels, I was telling Scooter this the other day, where everybody feels heard, valued, respected, and that their goals are, you know, obviously is matching with my goals, you know, and, and so that we can work on creating an atmosphere that's going to be conducive for them, you know, building their families and building their life. And, you know, for so long, it's like, when when you have these other things that you feel are going to fulfill you, whether it's money or success you you're so focused on the outcome that you're you're just not working on how do we get there is this going to be sustainable you know the tour Mm. became so dysfunctional because you got I mean I was talking about this with Nick the other day you got all these people that everyone starts off good on tour everyone starts off a family but then by the end of the tour everybody's got their clicks everybody's because we're not creating you know, we're not reminding everybody the focus and the mission and the goal. So I think taking that time that I was, you know, immature in the past and not ready to do that because I just, things were more important. Um, Taking that time to, you know, have those weekly meetings. To be a leader. To be a leader, exactly. Exactly. To be a leader. That's it. You nailed it on the head there. Just lead. Which I, you know, I never, like you said before, like I said before, it's like, my family life was dysfunctional when I was younger. So like, it's just been hard to understand what that really looks like. But
0: you you hit it on the head, being a leader. You and your fans have had the most incredible journey and in ride and, and the, the level of passion and, and the level of um, loyalty that they show you over mm-hmm. the years has been incredible to witness from the outside. Mm-hmm. Um, now that you have a chance to be a leader, not just to your band, but also Mm. to your fans in a weird way, right? Mm. Because I know that there have been times when that's probably scared you even or it's caught you off guard, that level of attention, right? It's hard Mm -hmm. to process. Mm -hmm. And I wonder sort of how you feel as you're growing and maturing about Mm. having fans and what that concept feels like.
1: Mm.
0: Yeah, the concept... um, it's, (laughs) 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 Uh, It's just
1: so different than you know, when I was younger. I mean, I just, it's confusing when you're young because that person loves me.
0: Well, also, you're you're coming from a place where you're, again, getting back to your family, Mm. which is where it all begins. Mm. We start our journey somewhere (laughs) with some people, right? (laughs) And we don't ask for that. Mm -hmm. They're doing the best they can, Mm -hmm. and you have to process that information and move Mm -hmm. forward. And when you're faced with this Adoration, and this love, but mm-hmm. you're not quite sure what love is. Mm-hmm. There you go, it's
1: big. What we're touching on is big right now. This is big, this is big, this is big, this is big. I don't even think people know how big this is. Yeah, what is, what is love? I mean, love is patient, love is kind, love doesn't envy, love doesn't boast, love isn't self-seeking, love isn't arrogant. Love is, you know, what Haley and I are doing every day is waking up Mm -hmm. in the morning and making the decision to, you know, we have all these, everyone has selfish desires, you know, everybody has bad thoughts and and just pushing those aside and saying, I'm not going to, I'm not going to indulge in that because I have something. You know, you give me something that I I want
0: more than that those things. And like you say, acknowledging that
1: they exist, but acknowledging them is is a huge part of the. Yeah, I wasn't ready. I wasn't doing that before. I don't think I wasn't acknowledging them. I just was like pretending that they weren't there. Burying them, and then and then you know what comes with that? Self righteousness. I'm doing. Look at me. How good I'm doing because I'm not doing those things. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Self righteousness, and that's you're pretending. The epitome of what I hate but it's something that I started doing because I'm like, well, I'm saying no to all this other garbage and I'm doing the right thing. So look, I'm a good guy. Yeah. And then people are like, what? You know, like, who are you to say? You know what I mean? It's like, we're not really good at the end of the day. At the core, I don't believe. I don't believe that humans are good. And people might, you know, twist this and make me, seem like I'm saying humanity's not good. I don't truth. know. But Tell you truth. I just feel like at the core I fight every day temptation and things that, you know, are instinctive to do whether it's, you know, whatever it is, lie, be greedy, all these things that just naturally come, those naturally come. I got to fight to not be that. Uh, maybe that's my unique thing, maybe that's me personally being that way and I I just accept that, and I just know that that's not who I am, Mm-mm. because humanity's—you know—it's—it's it's come to a place of being really, you know, it's—it's it's broken. I mean, it's just—just just look around. I mean, the pain—that's um, so much pain. And, uh, yeah. I don't know, man. <sighs> I don't know where I was going with that. But, um, you know, I, I, um, hey, baby. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Oh, look at that. Um, so, I mean, the pain in this world, it's just so, it's like, it's obvious and uh people are looking for hope and they're looking for a way out and they're looking for an escape and they're looking for um they're looking for truth and they're looking for um yeah and i'm just uh i've gotten the opportunity um with my journey to just see a god who's accepts me loves me um they call him the savior um
0: and i believe that to be true mm. that Jesus saved me. Justin, at the start of this new decade, and this might be a little hard to kind of put into context, but mm-hmm. on bro- broadly speaking, in mm-hmm. terms of just core values and core mm-hmm. goals, where would you ideally like to be at the end of this decade? Mm. What would you <laughs> like to, what path would you like to put your life on? Mm. I feel like the last decade, so much of it felt out of control. Mm-hmm. and I feel like you've worked hard to get some of that control, control back. back yeah um, I just feel like
1: there's so much to look forward to I'm really excited excited to get I'm like emotional thinking about it I'm just excited to get uh, to get, have babies with you um, I'm excited to uh, just enjoy just celebrate you know all the amazing things that we've been given cause we are blessed babe you know we talk about it all the time we just have a thing where we just say we're bl- we're so blessed we are man there's so much pain in the world and you don't under- we don't understand why and there's so much things that are so unexplainable but what is the reality we are blessed you know um and it's hard that dichotomy of like how can we mourn the, the loss of someone you know and accept that we are still blessed mm. i think um it's a really hard thing to discover. But uh, I think when you get there, it's a beautiful place to be, beautiful place to be.
0: Thanks, man. Thank you. So there it is. You've been listening to my conversation with Justin Bieber, the first of many, I hope. I found it really interesting. And I think there's a lot more to talk about in the future. At Apple Music, myself and my friends, we do this every single week. We search for the best story we can within the area we love, which is music. So be sure to subscribe right here so you never miss another conversation. And we'll be back with another episode soon right here on the Lowe Interviews.